Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vee. The Get Real podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me, but most importantly, what didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Welcome, everybody, to Get Real and Stay True. Oh my gosh, Marsh, you have had such a huge impact in my life. I don't even think you know how much of an impact you have had in my life. So I am with my dear friend, Marsh Engel, and she'll share a little bit about her background. Not a little bit, because there's a long, awesome background. She created the day, Amazing Women's Day. And I remember, Marsh, we were in a mall. Was it a mall? It was a mall, in a mall, a shopping mall. You know why that happened was because uh, my background was a promotional marketer for television and film. And I merged entertainment with, uh, with television and film studio releases. So my background merged this going into a mall. And then my calling was to create a day on which all women honor themselves. And that was called Amazing Woman's Day. And also, I was going to tell you something. It's good doing things at malls because you talk about really making sure you you know what you're going to say, right? Because everybody's watching. <laughs> it, was yeah. a, it was pretty powerful. I mean, that was like when I realized that we're always growing. But the, the cool thing, and then we'll, I'll, we'll get in and you just share a little bit about who you are. But the coolest thing about it was at the end when you had me, because my book had been out just like a year, I think. So this must have been 20, 20 years ago when you created it? When was yeah, it? It was in 2001, I believe. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, 19 years. And I remember that I was there and I was signing some books and I looked down and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I realized I, I had signed my books a specific way to people that I didn't really know. And I set, always wrote, and this was before Amazing Women's Day, I wrote may you always celebrate the amazing woman that you are you know it doesn't surprise me we're all so interconnected and when i was i don't remember how i met you originally but we're so drawn together yes. that it doesn't surprise me at all isn't that amazing that's really it was, it was amazing my favorite word is amazing i think <laughs> the word amazing really wasn't used a lot back 20 no. years either, and it definitely wasn't used next to the word woman. Tell everybody, tell the listeners all about you, because you are truly one of those women to me who has um, been a pioneer in just celebrating women, 
and uh, you know, I, and really, I would say reminding women that they really are badass and beautiful. You, I mean, I remember meeting you. I'm like, I want to be like her when I grow up. We have to remember that 20 years ago, 19 years ago, it was nothing like it is now. Now we have collaboration. We have community to support us. We you know, just go for it in a bigger way. It feels to me anyway. But back 20 years ago, do you know the story of how Amazing Women's Day came to be? I want everybody to know because I think, you know, we, we talk about sometimes we take things a little bit for granted. And like you said, like 19 years ago, it was definitely not, not like this. Even like 15 years ago, because I remember when I launched my... 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> So, so what was it that, what was your inspiration? What was your vision? And it's, you know, a bit metaphysical, but the truth is, is that my mother died. I was heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken. I sat in her room and I flew back to Evansville, Indiana, and I sat in what I called her room. It was her room that she had all of her clothes and she loved angels. It was very, it was her sacred spot, we would call it now. And, um, my mom came to me and my grandmother came to me in spirit and they said, search for the amazing woman, Marsh. This is your time. It's your time. And I thought, I have no idea what searching for the amazing woman is. I have no idea what an amazing woman is. Of course, by that time I had built a multimedia agency and it was a multi-million dollar agency. I had 36 employees by all estimations, uh, probably somebody would have called me an amazing woman. I didn't call myself an amazing woman. I felt connected externally with my success, but internally I was pretty wobbly. I didn't really have a handle on my true value. I didn't have a handle on what mattered most to me. And I had to learn that. So I think that when my mom and my grandmother came through and said, search for the amazing woman, this is your time. It was really an indicator to get out and look for what makes a woman amazing and especially what makes you amazing. But what happened was, and I think you were one of them, my early interviews, I started interviewing every woman I could think of, every woman that I met. And I wanted to ask her about how she related to her own amazing womanhood. And through that, Lauren, what happened was we got a, um, a, a, an experience happened. I call it a transformational interview now, but an experience happened where the woman I was speaking with transformed right before my eyes and I transformed right before my own experience, right? And so I think that that experience of sharing our commonality and also wishing to celebrate each other's value, wishing to celebrate each other's creativity, our sense of accomplishment, our sense of beingness, I think that that in those interviews is what really gave me the foundational piece to know that there was a lot more to the way we create our success than just a whole lot of doing. There was yep. a lot more to it. And I really wanted to dig into that. So then my studies became, how is it? How is it that we as women can evolve our approach to success? You know, I came from a media background and I was one of the few women, if not the only woman, definitely the only woman at the big table at meetings. I was the woman and everybody else there. So my reflection of success very much from a masculine perspective, nothing wrong with that because we need that powerhouse and forward movement, but we also need that powerhouse connection within ourselves that says, what's moving me? What are my true insights? What's my creativity? How can I collaborate? How can I bring my greatest value to the room? How can I be a, an excellent listener and then share my ideas very uh, eloquently? So all of that um, was part of what drove me then 
to move into the Amazing Woman's Day movement. Oh, I love it. Well, you know, and I think that I just want to acknowledge you, like you said, like on the outside, it all looked good, but on the inside, you weren't so happy, like honoring yourself and saying, well, all right, well, everybody says I'm amazing. I don't feel amazing on the inside. First of all, what was the shift in you? And what did you realize about yourself that you really were and are? And always one of the first people that I think of when I think of amazing women. But what, what did you discover or rediscover about yourself? I think that um, it's not an either or thing. It's not a push, push, push for achievement. And it's not a sitting in meditation. It's a merging of the two. It's a, uh, you know, I call it unified esteem. It's recognizing the value within myself and recognizing the value of my forward movement and action in the world. And by staying true to both of those aspects, and it's, by the way, it's still my practice. It's a practice because you know, our DNA, you know, our cultural conditioning has shown us there's a different way to approach success. What we're doing as women today, I always say, let's pause and celebrate. We are trailblazing, pioneering a new way to create our relationship with success in the world and, the, and our relationship with the way we do business in the world. So it's super important that we recognize that, number one, and that it's not an either or. We don't have to be so immersed in doing all day long and think to think we're accomplished some days it could be very much that sacred pause where our creativity can feed us new information and feed us new ways of creating and that's you know a shift for me a major shift for me because i was very much a 18 hour a day striving pressing for outcome very much identified by my success not by my sense of creativity or contribution it was very much by when it's when it happens and you know the downside to that we all know is if we're identified by only when it when we accomplish something then we're constantly pushing to accomplish rather than enjoying the experience of achieving and the experience of creativity yeah i love what you just said that sacred pause you know and that sacred pause i was talking to bob proctor a couple months ago and i said i owe you an apology and I said, you know, because there's something to be said for experience, you know, I mean, years and years in the saddle, if you would. And I mean, I was, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I was cocky, you know, back probably when I met you, I was a little cocky about like, oh yeah, I've got this, I got this all figured out, you know, with regards to things. So during that sacred pause, let's talk about that sacred pause a little bit, because I love that. What, what, talk about that sacred pause. Do you know what happened, uh, Lauren, is that I had big injury on my spine, big injury on my spine through a, a car accident recently. I don't even call it an accident, I call it a car crash. And I had to have spine surgery, Lauren. That was a very big deal for me to decide to do it and decide to take time off to recover from it. And I thought I had, you know, I think we're all at times cocky. We think we've got it figured out. And then something comes along and it literally takes us off our feet like spine surgery does. And I had a one year recovery. This is a one year recovery. And I'm, I can't even imagine stopping for a year. But I'm going to tell you during that year, it was a forced sacred pause. It was an understanding of what true deep rest means. What is it to stop and truly rest? Through that came this just incredible creativity, incredible new ideas. And also what came was 
what really mattered most to me and how did I want to invest my time? How did I want to invest my words, my actions? Who did I want in my community? What did I want that community to look like? What was bringing me the greatest joy? And when we're in such a busyness of doing, sometimes we lose focus on that, it feels to me. We start with thinking we know, we start, but then as we go and things pick up and you're doing, you know, four or five interviews a day and you're doing your book signings or you're doing your whatever it is that we're building our business around, it can just get very distracted. So my fourth sacred pause was probably the most valuable time along the way because I had to really get real with what I was doing that I no longer wanted to do. Things I'd said yes to that I really didn't mean to say yes to. Things I was saying no to that I did want to say yes to. So I really got really real. And I think a sacred pause gives us that opportunity. Well, I think everybody's in that sacred pause. We are. <laughs> that forced sacred pause. I've got goosebumps. I can't even, the goosebumps won't even go away right now because they're just like from literally all the way up my legs, on my arms. I mean, wish you could see, but it's like you said, like that that it's time to really see that true stop, that true rest and how you want to invest your time, who you want to invest your time with. Yeah. You know, it's the time for realigning, just yeah. realigning with what are my greatest values? What is it that I wish to move forward into the future with? What do I want my life to look like? What do I want my career and my business to look like? Is there a different client that I'll be serving that I haven't served before? Mm -hmm. Is my languaging or... Um, I'm not sure who we're talking to. I'm assuming a lot of entrepreneurs, but is the audience that I'm speaking to different than I spoke to before? And then the most important thing we could do would be to redefine the message that really wants to be spoken. So the message is the core why of what moves us into that realignment and into that forward movement. I love that. And, you know, because recently I've been talking as well so much about you know, the seasons that Jim Rohn always talks about and that we're in winter, but winter is really that time for rest, reinvention, realigning, reconnecting. And like you just said, like realigning. I love that. And I love what you just said. Like, is it, you know, is it a client you haven't been serving that you need to serve? Let, let me go back real quick about, about what you learned from all those women that you interviewed. Were there a couple things that were common denominators that you saw that was the golden thread that went through every interview, did any, every interview or? What I learned is that most women, sadly, and this is, you know, you know, I'm going to tell you, it's still, I think, prevalent in our, in our uh, culture is that most women have a very challenging time recognizing what's really incredibly valuable about them. So whether that be uh, their creativity, their ability to innovate, their new ideas that they bring forth in the world, trusting that those ideas are worthy to act upon, trusting that those ideas are something that people will want and can need and, need and will use. Uh, tr I believe it's still one of our biggest challenges just to recognize. And I'm going to tell you, I interviewed women that were amazing pioneers in science, in government. So these women that I interviewed were a broad stroke of all different kinds of creative expression. And mothers, uh, women that are dreaming of starting entrepreneurial ventures, women that were already in the throes of entrepreneurship. I interviewed every kind of woman and I interviewed the female firefighters of New York City. If you remember, I wrote the book on the female firefighters of FDNY right after 9-11. 
every single woman that I interviewed, the common thread was the challenge of really owning what you call badass, her really owning her ability to create in a powerful way. And I believe now where we're sitting, 2020, a very pivotal moment for us, now is not the time to be timid. Now is not the time to stop and say, oh, I'll wait and I'll act on that later. Now's actually the time to, to contemplate or align with what it is that matters most to us and then ask ourselves, how can I begin to refine that and structure it in a way that it will become my way of being, my life? More goosebumps. I love that, you know. And so what, what would you say, because I think a lot, of, a lot of women and mostly I would say a lot of the audience is women, that are kind of redefining themselves, I would say, kind of in the 35, maybe the 60 age group that's like that they've been successful, they've had, they've had kids and they're kind of like getting their mojo back or whatever it is for them. But what would you say the steps are? Because I mean, there are some steps. I think like, like I was just sharing with everybody, I have a lot of people that I'm responsible to making sure to take care of around the world. But on the inside, you know, knowing that my son was still in New York City at the time, I was, I kind of hadn't slept and nobody knew. I felt like I had to really be real about my emotions of what I was going through. What you just said is one of the steps. Get real about what we're really feeling. So I think that that is definitely the beginning step because for so many of us, so many of us have pushed our feelings aside, stuffed them away, put other people's voices in front of our own, put their needs in front of our own. So we really, that's really the first step is getting really clear about what we're really feeling. What is it that I'm really feeling about creating my future? What is it that I'm really feeling like I'd like to put my investment of creativity into. I always say, who do I want to hang out with? But we do, we hang out with our clients at some point. Am I right? You know, who do I want to be in my inner circle? And who do I wish to be in my community? Who do I wish to collaborate with? Look at all of those things so that we can begin to create something based though on what am I truly feeling about what I'd like my future to be? So I have a question that I think that a lot of people need to be aware of and that it's okay. It's okay that not everybody is in your inner circle, right? Matter of fact, you know, the smaller, I think it was Oprah that said she has five people in her inner circle. People think she has thousands, but there's five. And really, you know, your inner circle are the ones you can get real with. The inner circle is the one you can say, I don't know, but I have a feeling you might. The inner circle is the one that will call you on it when we do get cocky and we do tend to when we have, you know, something, you know, we can sometimes get over identified and think we got it figured out when we really don't. So I think our inner circle is a really key advisory role. It's somebody we can really trust. It's got our back that's there no matter what, you know, what we're feeling and what we're going through when we're on it, they tell us we are. And when we're off, they tell us we're not. So that inner circle is somebody you really trust. That's very different than your mass community. You know, the mass community can be, become part of your inner circle at some point, but it's, it's really about having that valuable team of mentors that are your, your friends. Yeah, I have one friend of mine who, uh, his name's Philip. I've mentioned him probably a lot on these podcasts, but I remember once he called me, he goes, I'm going to tell you something, Lauren. He goes, you need to be okay with more haters. 
And that takes a lot of courage, you know, for someone to, to say that. He goes, I know you want to make everybody happy. He goes, but you need to be okay with some people not liking what, what things that you're working on and things that you're doing. And I love that he always calls me on that. My other is my friend Heidi, same thing, you know, that, but I know their intention is good. You know, we, yeah, and if you really boil it down, a hater is really saying whatever you're talking about makes me uncomfortable. You know, it makes me not feel safe or comfortable with what you're saying. And for some of us that are trailblazers, we're here to shake things up. So mm -hmm. we are going to create discomfort in people at times. I don't enjoy haters. Um, you know, it's not, I'm not <laughs> wishing them on any of us. But the fact is, is that the more we stay true to our voices and get real with what we wish to say and what we know we're here to say, what we're really feeling. You know, Brene Brown is an excellent example of shaking things up. And I'm sure she has her share of haters as much as we all love her. And she has such an incredible community of um, supporters, you know, for her work and believers in what she brings forth. I'm sure she has plenty of haters at the same time because she's shaking things up. So I think we have to be courageous about being real. So when we do have that conversation that says, what am I feeling? What do I really feel? Sometimes some of the things we feel may not be the most popular point of view. Absolutely. I love this. I love that you just said, you know, that we have to be courageous enough to shake things up, right? Especially right now. Don't you imagine, you know, when I left my marketing agency in 1999, when I left my marketing agency, people called me with sincere concern that I'd lost my mind to start writing a book series. My closest advisors at the time said to me, Marsh, there, no one's ever going to take you serious. You're never going to make it. You know, I have seven books published now, and, but it's like, no one's ever going to take you serious. No one's ever going to believe that you have something to say. And that stuff was hard to take. But you know what I said is thank you yep. for your perspective, <laughs> but I'm doing this. I am doing this. When I started Amazing Woman's Day, my closest advisors, you know, and I, I coined the phrase at the time, which was very new, it isn't today, but it, back in 99, feminine next to the word success or feminine next to the word leadership. So feminine leadership, feminine success. When I coined that phrase and I started moving in that direction for our conferences, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. It's nothing. I can't find anything like that out there. It's nothing, you know, it's, it's silly what you're saying. It makes, you know, it, it's, it's not relating. And I'm like, you know what, maybe it doesn't in this five minutes, but I have a feeling what I'm bringing forth is going to make a lot of difference in the future. So sometimes you really got to put yourself out there. And the, the only person that really needs to believe in the idea at the deepest level is you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I love that I was listening to Joel Olstein. He says, don't ever let anybody name your baby. How do they know it's not going to work? It's not their baby. It's not their dream. I remember once somebody said to me, what are you doing in writing a book? And I was like, okay, I hear you. Like you said, I thank you. I appreciate you. But you just have to keep moving forward, right? Just I was laughing because somebody said to me, man, anybody can write a book. If you wrote a book, any, and I'm like, you know, it's, I, I know they don't know that that's, an incredible insult but the concept and the the desire and the drive to do the work I was doing was incredibly meaningful and heart-centered to me and as long as I could stay in tune with that why was I doing this why am I taking this action why am I creating it that's why we have to dig deep 
and get very, very clear on what we're feeling. So within that digging deep is a sense of value, a sense of connectedness, a sense of esteem. At some level, it becomes a sense of confidence. It moves us forward. It allows us to go out in the world and what you know we've been calling haters, but just say anybody that rejects anything you're saying. It, it really goes through you. Sometimes I don't even, some of my advisory team will say, did you hear what they said to you? And I'm like, nope, didn't hear it, don't care. You know, it just goes right through me because if you're really in touch with why you're taking the action you're taking from that space of true esteemed value within yourself and value of the creative endeavor that you're, you're taking out to the world, you really get clear on that. You really do become that badass unstoppable, uh, to borrow Cynthia Kersey's unstoppable, you're badass and my amazing. They're all really speaking the same message. We are. We're all feeling it's like, it's like there is no new information. It's just how it you know, how it translates. Talk about digging deep for a second, because I think there's this part of us that says we want to dig deep, but it's also very scary, right? Because I mean, it gets you back to your core. You know, we were talking a lot before about values too. What are some of the things that you discovered about your values that maybe you didn't think? I want to go back to the question you asked before though, about how do you dig deep? Because I think it's a great question. It's that I think that we oftentimes think we have to go into complete seclusion to dig deep. I think digging deep means being mindful, being mindful of what's coming out of my mouth, being mindful of the way I'm believing the thoughts that are spinning in my head, being mindful of being influenced by the outside and aligning with that influence or somebody having a strong opinion and us saying yes to it, even though our heart says no. So I think that to dig deep is really a moment by moment practice of mindfulness. I love that. I love the moment to moment. And like you said, when you're mindful, you make better decisions. It's usually you don't, you don't make good decisions when you're not mindful. Right? Like, it's I like can remember when I first started uh, my practice of mindfulness, which has been uh, eons ago, but I can remember still to this day saying, oh my gosh, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the words I'm speaking because my words are so, all of our words are so incredibly valuable as creative power. You know, it's really putting into flow what will eventually manifest. So I think that um, listening to myself was the biggest thing. The second question you asked me is about my values. Gosh, I think my value at one point was very much based on achievement, accomplishment. Um, I still love achievement and accomplishment. It didn't go away. But what's the biggest value now is how am I communicating that will impact and move people? How am I communicating? How do I communicate to the person in the grocery store line? The other day, I, uh, I was over at Nordstrom, which is a really popular department store, and a woman in there, I just got the insight. I just felt compelled to stop her and tell her what a great job she does every single day, showing up, helping us. Uh, you know, just I was really praised her. And she started crying, and she said, you have no idea how that message today made such a difference to me. So I think that being mindful of the way we communicate, it's a huge value for mine because I do believe we can create transformation in the, the simplest, easiest of ways when we're mindful of our, of our communication. I love that, that you said it's not just mindful of your communication, but in every moment you said. It's, it's digging down to the specifics of that in every moment, you know, mindful of how I, like you just said, like speaking to the, the cashier or 
whatever the, you know, whatever the person is, the my husband, as we were here, he just, he brought me a note and I'm like, what is he bringing me? And I had left a, just a gift card for the postal man. And, you know, and he left a note on there that said, and he said, thank you, John, you know, the, the guy, like mindful in your actions and maybe even just keeping track of that. Like for, I just heard um, Bob Proctor, he was on a, an event that I was just listening to. I don't even know how long he said he's done it. I think he said like 50 or 60 years. Every day with, without question, he writes down 10 things that he's grateful for. Gratitude is so big. And it's another one of those things where you think, or many of us think, oh, I'll get to that until we start the practice of gratitude. And I now have people writing to me saying, your gratitude or your appreciation of me has really moved me to be more true to myself the way your gratitude works within you, but also how your expression of gratitude works within someone else. It's something that we many times overlook and it's really the gateway to manifesting, transforming, really the gateway to manifesting. It's a gateway to transformation. It's the gateway to connection. And I believe that, you know, when you ask that question, what shifted in me besides communication, I think it's a practice of gratitude. Gratitude for the simplest things. Gratitude, yes, of course, for the big things, but gratitude for everything. Even the things that, you know, it's still, maybe I'm getting my head around or my heart around this you know, this time of, of isolation, but I know there's a higher purpose. So I keep praying for gratitude for this higher purpose to be shown to me, you know, like, why are we, why are we expect, why are we experiencing this? And let me find gratitude for that as quickly as possible. But I think you talked about it. Honestly, I think that the, you, you didn't even realize that this talk about how divine, I mean, we set this interview up way before quarantine happened. And you just said it, the big moment that shifted your life. I mean, the very beginning was mm -hmm. when you hurt your, when you broke your back and that you had that sacred pause and now or that forced that sacred pause. And now everybody's yeah. in that forced sacred pause. And either you can take the time to really reflect, you know, take that mm -hmm. time to rest, take that time to do it. It's like, we're being asked right now to, to look at like, what am I really going to do at this time? And I'm, how long have I been wanting to connect with you? Okay. So I'll send you a card on your birthday or I'll send you a message or we'll talk on Facebook, but what it took, Wild is it, you took this, it took this, it took this. You gave me this window of interviews and I was booked, you know, I've been doing a lot of interviews at recent. So I put it towards the end of the window. And this morning when I was reflecting on when I set that date, how perfect is this timing for this conversation? Yep. You know, one of the things that I think is important for us to also remember is to be really, really powerful in our pivots during this time. This is something we didn't talk about, but that would be a big value of mine too. be spontaneous. And I'm going to tell you where that value came from. Very, very present for me is that, uh, you may not have known this, but April 1st, we were booked for the largest event, live event that I've been able to host in two years. And we were sold out. And then I made the decision. It was a very tough decision. It was a tearful decision. It was a decision that said, based in a few things here, one is safety for the community, number one. And because we don't know, this was before we were forced to to cancel, I made this thought, you know, this decision that we really can't do this. It's not safe for us to join together in a, in one giant room 
you know, sold out. And I knew though that we needed to gather. So there was a value there that we still need to gather. We still need to connect maybe more than ever. So I reached out and did a virtual summit. Now the virtual live stream for most people is not a big deal, but for me, I've always done live events. You know, Lauren, I love yeah. live events. Yeah. I wasn't a live stream kind of, of event host. So I just said, you know what? We're not giving up. We're still gathering. We're just going to gather virtually. And then I just looked for ways that we could really stay connected through that live stream day. It was five hours. It was a, a big production for my first time at it. And it was beautiful. And now you just have another tool for the toolbox for those people that, you know, never be able to come to a live event or never be able to. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. Like I'm on literally right now, a live stream event, you know, right now of what's happening. And as I'm talking, obviously I'm paying attention to you, but I've been on for the past couple hours with regards to that, but it's people that maybe never could have afforded it. And it really feels like I said, when we were doing it, that I've never felt more in alignment with purpose in my entire life than I do right now with that. And I think that's why it's so important. But my point was going to be, and is, we've got to be mindful that pivots can happen all the time when we let go of one value that we've held at high esteem and a new value moves up the ranks we've got to be able to pivot in the ways that that will impact our life or impact our choices impact our relationships so i think that the pivot is a really one of my favorite words right now because yeah. it's uh, everybody's it's having to figure figure out like yes. and heard it said so many times before but the quality of your life is not much how much certainty you can handle but how much uncertainty you can handle I'm, i decided i guess three weeks ago two maybe it was a month ago now uh, my daughter's having her bat mitzvah she's been studying for years for her bat mitzvah now we're doing a virtual bat mitzvah the rabbi is not even going to be here you know where joss and danielle they were getting married in portugal and now who knows when it's going to take place god willing you know sooner than later but you know they're they're pivoting and and just how i think that when you see your kids pivot and pivot elegantly and graceful i don't know about you i'm learning that man i did all right i did okay you yeah know, like, like i think that's what really my big aha uh -huh has been just watching how my kids have done it gracefully through your reflection you know i think what a one of the things is we're talking about pivoting and we were talking about gratitude is linked arms with the pivot is what value is this bringing to me? What are the benefits? And we really, as a team, we listed when we pivoted from live event to live stream and me not even having experienced the benefits of live stream yet, I was still learning what that could possibly be, which was tremendous. But I had to look at all the different values. I know we're broadening our audience. I know we're reaching people that normally would not be able to be there. I know that we're supporting people in ways that we didn't even know that they could be supported in when we scheduled the date. So I think that there was all kinds of value in that. And in that listing of the value in that pivot gives us then that perspective of gratitude. Man, I could talk to you for a hundred hours, just so you know. We are gonna <laughs> definitely catch up sooner than later again. Absolutely. I, it's funny because with some of my other businesses, I'm used to doing so much already on Zoom. I guess I heard the number that in November that it was 10 million people using Zoom, and now it's 200 million people oh using Zoom. I wow. just heard the number yesterday when I was doing an event that we did on Zoom, and then we broadcasted it into a group, 
then people were able to do watch parties for it. So it normally would have been maybe that I could have gotten a couple hundred people together. We ended up reaching thousands of people. Thousands of people. Thousands. We were in Germany. We were Poland. All of these beautiful gifts of just like you said, you know, those powerful pivots and and knowing what the benefits are. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. So one final question, because I ask everybody this final question, and then you'll share how people get a hold of you. And I'd love to just keep promoting you and see what we all we can do together. I've really missed, really, really miss seeing you. What is one thing that you do to stay true to yourself? Meditate, meditate, meditate because it's what keeps me grounded. I, I wake up in the morning very early and meditate with, with uh, online with a teacher. And I stay so grounded because of that. So by the time my feet hit the ground, I'm very much present in my body. And then if I find myself getting distracted through the day, it's not beyond me to meditate more. You know, I'll do little short spurts of meditation, um, just whatever it takes to stay grounded, especially during this time right now when there's so many changes and so many pivots and so many different ways that we're stretching ourselves with our expression. I think meditation is absolutely key and vital to any of our practice of creativity. I love what you just said, whatever it takes to stay grounded. If we could just move through this with elegance and grace and know that we do whatever that it takes, whether it's a a pause, five minute meditation, right? I mean, meditation looks for many people. I mean, I meditate in the bathtub. That's kind of like my meditation. I say to myself, I put yeah. on calm, right? There's so many different ways as long as you do it, if you would. Also sacred sound, you know, having music playing is also a very much a grounding. Do you know what I bought yesterday? I decided I was going to take on a new, I was going to take on a new hobby, if you would. I went and online bought the sound bowls. I love how I feel. And so I've been missing it because obviously I have done it online with a friend of mine. Lynn gave me one a while ago and it was pretty powerful because she gave it to me and Quinn must've been a couple years old. So it must've been like the year after I met you and we were in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And this is crazy, just a crazy story. And she says, okay, like these are, you know, cause she does all of her feng shui work and everything. Quinn went through my bedroom that night and was ringing the bell. And it turned out we, a ghost showed up, like a real oh ghost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she, uh, I was like, so can you come check out my room? See if there's any like dark energy in here. And she goes, oh, don't go over there. Something happened in there. And that's where I saw the ghost. Like it was a scare, it was not a good, anyway crazy thing but I uh I think that I just that power the energy for us to realize we really can when we tune into that that she was saying that the ghost felt safe to be with us to reveal yeah yeah that's good yeah and I was like oh that's pretty cool all right I don't know if I want that all the time but you know maybe just a little bit so anyway Marsh how can people get a hold of you and the best way is AmazingWomanNation.com, AmazingWomanNation.com. Have a brand new app that's releasing that's called The Campus, which is going to be loaded with inspiration, but also highly educational how-to videos and instructional, uh, lots of incredible faculty will be there. Uh, there's lots of classes being offered through Amazing Woman Nation, lots of things that are changing and still taking shape that we're getting ready to launch just today. I approved the visual for it. It's the happy hour with the uh, conversation with amazing women. So it's happy hour conversations with amazing women. I'm super excited about it. You're doing so that. awesome. I still want to be you when I grow up. 
So uh, thank you, you know what? Let's thank you for time. letting me stand on your shoulders. Oh, that's so they say you. So I say adore you, adore you, adore you. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, remember, I always stay true to who you are. You've been listening to the Get Real and Stay True podcast with Lauren Lahab. Head over to laurenlahab.com. That's L-O-R-E-N-L-A-H-A-V.com. And as her way of saying thank you for being a listener and subscriber to this podcast, grab a free copy of Paving Your Path with Positivity, Affirmations to Create the Change You Desire. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And Lauren will talk to you on the next episode.